whatever freaking conspiracy that explains Todd Wash's presentation. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Drunken Jaguar. It is playoff season, and the Jaguars are not a part of it. Bentley, welcome in. We're here together for once. Yep, we're uh, sharing coffee in the same kitchen table. Yeah, the co- coffee's always necessary. Have to have it. You know what's not necessary? It's f- Titans playoff run. Oh, f- the Titans. Dude, this is my worst nightmare. If Houston, we were recording... Um, Right after the Houston and Chiefs game. Thank God we're not seeing an AFC South, AFC Championship game. Jesus. Oh, my God. I would have been sick. I would have been completely sick. Yeah. Um, let's, should we jump right into the playoff games? Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, f- the Titans, number one. F- Titans, number of two. Course. And number three. Um, speaking of, f- there was a lot of dirty language on the divisional <laughs> playoff games this past couple of days. Uh, I was very, uh, very intrigued. Some of it was uh, censored. Actually, none of it was censored. I, th- I think it just wasn't highlighted. Uh, Hayden Hurst, when the, the Ravens were having struggles putting together their historic offense uh, <laughs> against the Titans, the Titans, um, Hurst uh, caught a ball. I think he had like proved his worth with the catch and turned to the sideline and yelled, fucking throw me the ball. Throw him the damn ball. Right? Give him the damn ball. And the announcers didn't pick up on it, but it was it was like on national broadcast. Um, <laughs> another one, I think it was a. I'm pretty sure it was maybe it's like James Hurst or someone. It was a Ravens lineman after they had scored a touchdown at some point. Uh, walked up to the camera and he had a, he had looked at the camera earlier and said like Let's go, or whatever. But after this touchdown, he goes, Oh, another one. Let's fucking go <laughs> right national TV. No one, no one bats an eye. And then, and then another one I remembered from the earlier game, the 49ers versus the Vikings, was at one point uh, Garoppolo was, was basically calling like a fake snap um, to try to draw the defense offside. It was a fourth and one mm-hmm. before taking the strategic delay of game. And he kept on like jumping back and forth like between shotgun and up to the behind the center. And, and, and you, the, 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 like the shotgun mic on the, from the sideline picked mm-hmm. up someone yelling, what the f***? <laughs> like like the third fourth time that he had like jumped under center and looked like he was actually trying to snap the ball and stuff. I assumed it was a defensive lineman, and then Chris Collinsworth did finally pick up this f bomb and said, "Oh, he has some interesting language from one of the, his own offensive linemen." Uh, uh, yeah, saying, "What the hell is going? On? What the heck? I'll translate for you." Yeah. Um, there's a lot of a lot of bad language being used out there always, yeah. which we already know. It's funny to hear it though, you know, yeah. on TV. Good stuff. Um, so I have I have pretty much all the playoff games written down if you just want to go over them did you you catch a lot of these playoff games yeah i've watched i've watched everything this year um I, you know i think we can all agree wild card wild card weekend was really entertaining oh uh, it was great we had overtime games we had really close games we had moments where you thought a team was going to win they wound up losing oh. um that happened today with the the texans yeah uh, putting up 21 in the first yeah. quarter and oh, collapsing but yeah, so wild card I think was overall probably a little bit more fun, but but uh, these games have been interesting to watch as well okay. this week. The wild the wild card was great. Um, let's start with the first game of the wild card. Sure, it was uh, Houston and Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo, <laughs> a funny team. I kind of compared them to Jaguars of seventeen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, the very defensive. They rely on their defense. Yeah. Josh Allen 
people think he's all right, but not the most reliable guy. And you kind of saw that. Their defense played outstanding. It was I, a I remember game. a certain cornerback once uh, calling Josh Allen trash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you trash, you trash, you trash. I wonder, wonder what Jalen's up and to. Always funny because he was drafted, I think, number seven first round. Josh Allen mm-hmm. in 20... Two years ago. 18? Yeah. Yeah. And then we, we we drafted a Josh Allen number seven first round. <laughs> the better Josh Allen is what I tell my friend who's a Bills fan. What the hell happened? What what the hell was going through his mind? He was doing some crazy shit. He was yeah. doing some like NFL Blitz 2000. He like, like tried to like lateral. lateral the ball back. I was like, what is this man thinking? I actually had so two of my really good friends, a Bills fan, a Texans fan. They they were like, you know what? Let's let's drive down to Houston and go watch the game. Yeah. So they. They bought tickets. They drove down last weekend. From where? From here. From Denver. From Denver. They to made Houston. A, they made the decision last week. Last week I they, drove from Dallas to Denver. Okay. Yeah, like wow. Four hours wow. longer or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, they ended up going. They had great seats. They looked like that. A fantastic time. You know, those Buffalo fans are crazy. Um, funny story. The Buffalo Bills fan actually got kicked out of the stadium, and they had to like take him in. Security had to take him in, and yeah. <laughs> Apparently, some woman that was sitting next to him, I thought they were all friendly, friendly, had said something. I don't know what exactly happened, but she got him in trouble. He got booted down. and Wow. Yeah. So I don't even know if he caught the end of the game. I haven't talked to him really since. So yeah. funny story, though, huh? I and was afraid we were going to get kicked out of the Broncos Jaguars game. Yeah. Yeah. A certain uh, Assad individual was taunting Broncos fans <laughs> deep into the third and fourth quarters. Uh, and it's pretty dangerous up there because in Mile High, you're at like a five degree angle like, yeah. between like the next row of seats and shit. <laughs> Straight drop. If, if the wind blows the wrong way, it <laughs> might be your last football game you ever watch. Yeah, just crazy stuff. Always funny being an opposing fan in, you know, someone's home stadium. But they had a great time, I think. Um, it was a pretty entertaining game, huh? Definitely. It's a story of Houston. They don't come out in the first half. They, yeah. they play bad, mm-hmm. slow starts, and then they end up coming back. Kind of yeah. funny. They kind of let the Bills back in as well. Like yeah, after that. they did. They sure did. Yeah, yeah. and it was oh, a roller coaster of emotions. Really, going through that game, had some money on the game too, so I was on the Texans bandwagon because I don't really believe in Josh Allen. And do you believe in JJ Watt? They're, they, oh my gosh, how many times they say that JJ that one JJ Watt sack? It changed everything. The whole momentum of this game. Terrible and, announcers, by the way. Oh yeah, for some of these games, some of these calls. Um, so yeah, yeah, ESPN will get one the wild one wild card yeah. game every year. It it looks like if the Texans score more points, they will win. I think that was one of the quotes. Yeah, I have another friend who's just hates Booger McFarlane. He's yeah, a Cowboys fan, so yeah. I think he was kind of hated yeah. the hate of Jason Witten. My dad, your friend, what? Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> yeah. I think I think you may know my family. Yeah. <laughs> another Cowboys fan. You know they're everywhere. These Cowboys fans, but. Yeah, the ESPN crew sucks. I'm glad they don't get uh, games on Divisional Weekend. And I was just actually telling you about um, how I don't like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman calling games. Oh, mm-hmm. they're so annoying to me. Joe Buck is really annoying to me. Oh, but Tony Roma, I love him. He's so entertaining. Here we go. It's my favorite. Love him. Love CBS. Hopefully people can say the same about us one day. I know, right? <laughs> These so- guys suck like Joe Buck. Yeah. So um, nice rhyme, by the way. And also, uh, so how do you? I mean, how do you feel about the Texans pulling off that victory? And here we saw them lose today against the Chiefs. Um, do you think that they deserved to to beat the Bills last week? Do you think the Bills yes had something and then it fell out of their hands? Or? Yeah, definitely Buffalo 
blew the game, but that's mm-hmm. what Deshaun Watson does. He makes plays at the end of games. He was good today, too. There was just some miscues, and it's hard to stop Pat Mahomes, you know, mm-hmm. and they just couldn't cover the tight end, as we saw. And we, we'll talk about this in a while, too, you know, how important it is to have a, a good tight end these days, you know? Absolutely. It's, it's a game changer, and you see that with Kittle and Kelsey these days, so... What other games from the wild card weekend struck you? Oh, the Minnesota, man, because I'm a huge Kirk Cousins fan. And mm. yeah, people gave me a, a little bit of shit last week or this yesterday because they finally lost. And it wasn't really Kirk's fault, in my opinion. But Minnesota, they upset mm. New Orleans. A lot of people had the Saints going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah. They, they can't I lose did. at home. Drew Brees, Michael Thomas is the best receiver. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm, not a very, I'm not very fond Michael of Michael Thomas. Thomas. No. Oh, really? I'm really not. And you don't subscribe to the Michael Thomas religion? No. And him on Twitter. Did you see him yesterday on Twitter, by oh, the way? Oh, he's still talking shit. Yeah. It's just, he just yeah. is always bitching. He's always something to bitch about. Like, dude, yeah. you're you're not in here. You're, 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 you're not a record-setting receiver, right? But, yeah. But we don't need to he, he just talks too much. That's why I like Julio and DeAndre Hopkins. But not a big Michael Thomas fan. Keelan Cole. Keelan Cole. <laughs> well, let's talk about the Saints for a second. Because um, the Saints, I mean, I saw all these like compilations of historic Saints playoff collapses. <laughs> right? And I had forgotten that the Minnesota Miracle. Yep. The Stephon Diggs <laughs> catch on a, on a tripped coverage oh. was against the Saints, right? Yep. And then we had um, last year the infamous no pass interference mm-hmm. call which led to the league reviewing that moment and, and, and basically like installing an entirely new uh, pass interference replay system for this season, which has not gone over that well. So it's it very, hasn't done much. Very yeah. reactionary kind yeah. of thing. I mean, I, I also liken it to the Des Bryant um, no-catch against the Packers mm-hmm. in 2014, a moment that the, the league reacted to it and tried to correct what it viewed to be a shortcoming in terms of officiating and the Des Bryant one, you know, defining what is a football move and what is a catch and what's not a catch. Um, I, I, I'm on the side of, I think that was very helpful. It was helpful. We have something to talk about now. Whereas in the past it wasn't as clear with pass interference. Eh, didn't really help much. And so now I'm wondering shit like this, this was also another last minute loss, right? Mm -hmm. Um, this was what happened? What was the play? Something this year too. They were going to review, like There's they were talking off. about reviewing the push off, yeah, and whether or not that would be allowed. And that's fascinating. Like they didn't review it, but right? it was. It is allowed though because okay. it was uh, offense pass interference. You could challenge. You could challenge, but right? The, but the time had already run off. Nobody challenged anything, right? right. They, they, I, they, I, think I think it comes from the boot though. I think it comes oh. from up top. Is, is it a last two minutes thing? Well, because you can't do a coach challenge. At that point, you know, at the end of the game. So I thought they were going to review it in the booth, but they, they didn't. They decided not to. And that right. was like a political decision. That was yeah. like, if we decide to review, I think, I build, I, I guess they, I'm just guessing they went through all these scenarios in their head. If we go, go through, go back and review this quote unquote, like no call right now, mm-hmm. then, and we decide, oh yeah, it's, it's definitely not a call, whatever. We're going to get more saints hate <laughs> next year. Oh my God. That'll make us change the rules again. So I don't know. I, I thought it was kind of appropriate that the Saints would lose in that fashion, but I really, I really do sympathize with these poor people. I mean, it, but there's other points in the game. Like last year, well, uh, Minnesota Miracle, that's their fault. They lost, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, and then last year is like Drew Brees threw a crucial pick. They went into overtime still, yeah, and they lost, yep. right? And then the um, last week with Minnesota, he fumbled Drew Brees, huge fumble. Yep, that was big. 
And then they let the Vikings go down the field in overtime and score. Yeah. As simple as that. Right. Yeah, true. True. So true. You, you got to get the stops too. But yeah. I gave him something to cry yeah. about for another year. So that's nice. <sighs> yeah. What else? Uh, anything else from last week notable? Uh, you want to talk about Eagles Seahawks? I don't know. It was a boring game, I think. Well, the, on the Eagles Seahawks, and I mean, I'm looking at it from the my you know Dallas Cowboys family side how they were lamenting their own season collapse, the Cowboys, yeah, and how the Eagles kind of snuck into the playoffs with a really low record, nine and seven. Right. It was at some point people were wondering if a seven and nine team would even make the playoffs from the <laughs> NFC this year. So Eagles, kind of, I'm kind of underwhelmed with it. Um, I think uh, Josh McCown going in. Oh, I forgot was about that. Really interesting. There was this narrative of Carson Wentz finally having a chance to perform in the playoffs. Oh. The last two seasons, you know, he's been injured during the season, and then a backup QB has come in, and and and, and the last year, you know, gave them a little bit of a little bit of uh, something to talk about in the playoffs, and then the year before went all the way to the Super Bowl. All the way. Uh, who God? Who was who was that? There was who was that quarterback? This backup. Uh, I think he starts whatever, somewhere. Whatever now, or happened does to him? he start? Yeah. Anyway, paid a lot of money. Uh, really? Yeah. No, I, he deserves it. He deserves <laughs> it. So, um, so now this is Wentz's chance to like, you know, hey, you're the clear starter. You're coming right. in uh, not injured. And then he gets injured on this. Um, God, who was it? Was it Clowney? It was Clowney. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, AFC South a lot, conspiracy. A lot, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of AFC South crap going on, huh? <laughs> Yeah, um, I didn't think it was like the dirtiest. But I do feel bad for Carson Wentz. Right? Right? It sucks. It kind of sucks. And then McCown comes in, and I, and I think people globally were feeling bad for him because he like he he played his forty one year old heart out. Yeah, I just got called out. I mean, you remember you remember it was actually connected to the Jaguars to an extent, right? Because the the Eagles traded away. Or sorry, they well they let um, that guy go. Whatever his name is. Yeah. That quarterback. And, yeah. Yeah. What is it? Is it Nathan Foley or something? Uh, yeah. No. Um, David Fails. David Fails? Oh, yeah. no, no, That's no, an no. actual actually, quarterback. I actually have a yeah, friend. <laughs> oh, God. His name escapes me. It's yeah, crazy. I don't know. Anyway, so that guy leaves, and then the, the Eagles needed to fill um, some spots. I think they had they had another uh, quarterback go down in the preseason. So um, some accounts signed off of, like, you know, one of these guys is, like, out coaching high school football. And then, sure enough, exactly why they wanted to sign him, you know, as a, as a former journeyman quarterback – Exactly why he would want to come back for the Eagles, right? Because he had specified, yeah. I'm, I'm retired. I'm not coming back unless, like, the right situation calls for it. And that was it. He got his chance, and he played well, you yeah. know? And just a little little too little too late. Uh, and so the NFC East is completely eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah. He had a good career, Josh McCown. You know that uh, Eagles quarterback you're talking about? I think his name is David Fales. Close, close to. <laughs> I'm serious. I think that's him. Are we talking about the same person now? I, I that, that the one that went down. Yeah, oh, okay. the backup. Yeah, okay. I think his name okay. is David Fields. Fields. <laughs> oh no, you're kidding me. I swear. Okay, I know. Just, I know. It's it weird. just kind of like seems to alliterate with yeah. another <laughs> former Eagles backup. I know. It's, it's very weird. Anyway, so enough for that game. That game was bad. Um, how about we got to talk about Patriots. Ten- tennis and you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the big one. Fuck the Titans. Yeah, I was. Found myself rooting for the Patriots here again. Oh, easily. And everyone, the whole easily. world's rooting for. They want the, know, the underdog to team to beat the yeah. Patriots. What the Jaguars should have done in 2017. Man, so what ha- what happened with that game? Is, I mean, I, you know what? I'm I'm on the side of like my take is the Titans. Um, they they switched out Tannehill for Marcus Mariota midway through the season. Something they should have done. Great decision. They should have done you know four years ago. Uh, it's very interesting how Tannehill 
comes on the Titans and has that sort of chemical balance that they're looking for. He's perfect. I, and it makes them. me wonder, you know, we're going to talk about a bit about the, you know, what we're here to actually do as a podcast, talk about the Jaguars. Yeah. But <laughs> it makes me wonder, like, you know, why did Nick Foles not... That's the name, Nick Foles. That's what it was. Uh, why, why did Nick Foles not click with the Jaguars? Or did he, right? Or was it was it like a, just circumstances and you're already... Season's already in turmoil or, right. you know, injury, recovery, whatever. Whatever the issue Coaching. Is. There's a lot of stuff going up outside, you know. And Ryan Tannehill can come in as a player who's very successful in college, who had started off as a receiver and later transitioned to quarterback, who did not have an amazing stint in Miami... He was okay. He was okay, right? But he, he was wasn't okay. He wasn't answering that franchise quarterback need. And he can have a franchise quarterback-like season with the Titans in that latter half of the season, leave them in the playoffs. Um, I will still say, though, that like the, the Patriots game is one of the ones where they played well. They, they coached well, coached very well against a former... I, I think, right? yeah, it was, the coaching was huge. Yeah? It was huge. And, and then the same thing has uh, happened uh, yet again against the Ravens. Uh, it's it's fluke level for me. I, I I don't I don't mean like that they haven't had a good season, mm-hmm. but those actual wins were fluky wins. Um, and now I'm gonna get like slandered on Twitter or whatever. But uh, I think the Jaguars had <laughs> fluke they had a great 2017 season. Uh-huh. They had fluke wins against the Steelers and an almost fluke win against the Patriots. Right. Not because they didn't play well and didn't deserve it or didn't coach well those days. Just because the likelihood of you of a lot of those things kind of going your way. There's chance, right? There's yeah. like there's a there's a uh, an idea of randomness to it, and that f- those particular days we we woke up and just had a, a really dreamy game. Exactly, exactly. I, mean, well, I guess for the Jaguars against the Patriots, not as dreamy as you would have wished for. Not all the way. Yeah, yeah. but very close. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I I want to believe and that Miles Titans. Jack wasn't down. By the way, Miles. I would I would love <laughs> in the category of the Saints no call pass interference and the Des Bryant catch debate as a reactionary right. Uh, play. I think after that play, the NFL came back and redefined, um, you know, there's the whole don't whistle, right? Like, don't whistle unless and it's clear. That's a huge that's thing, though. It's, it's huge. It's this year, it. it is huge. It's yeah. been a game changer. And it's it, it makes sense, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Clear recovery. It's a good improvement. Yeah. This is another, I think it's a good improvement. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, even people, like, I've seen people kind of bitch about it, like, oh my gosh, like, someone could get hurt. Get or, hurt. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. someone starts running with the ball and then they blow the whistle five seconds later. Why'd they blow the whistle later? Because, you know, let him go for a second, just so we know. Yeah, you know, yeah. and then we can look back over because we don't want to ruin the game. Yeah. So I, yeah. it was huge, and that did come from Miles Jack. It really did. Yeah. That's like the Miles Jack rule almost. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So the Jaguars have done something, you know, that carries on. I mentioned in our one of our last podcasts, my friend uh, Dan, who's a hardcore <laughs> Patriots. Oh, fan. how's he doing? He's doing. Oh. He's well, you know, he's it's all right, right? Life, life goes on. Um, right. We have more people who are. You know, hashtag the Titans now, which is yeah, which is very comforting. That's for us. nice. Uh, he said that at a point late in the season. Well, I forget what the Patriots record was at the time. It was like ten and four, eleven, yeah, whatever at the time. And he said that this is the worst Patriots team at that record that he'd ever seen. Okay, which makes sense because they weren't that that good. Yeah. Do you think that that? That speaks to their loss to the Titans as well. They just they just lost energy or they weren't really clicking as a team. Offensively. But you, the whole narrative, the whole first first 12 games, I would say, was this is one of the best defenses we've ever seen, you know? Not just for Patriots-wise. Yeah, just turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. They couldn't stop the run yeah. against the Titans. And 
I don't like the Titans, but man, and I do not like Derrick Henry, but because of what he has done to us in the past. But wow, he is—he's playing crazy, man. He's uh, yeah. there's a lot of attention going to the Titans Absolutely. and his way, which they deserve. But fuck the Titans, go Chiefs next week. Yeah. Um, which will bring us to the Chiefs and Houston game. Yeah. Like, what did we just watch? Yeah, it was insane. I was, I was gonna before we got on the air. I forgot to tell you we should act like we hadn't seen the game. Mm-hmm. Recording right before the game, <laughs> and, and we should have predicted uh, three Texans touchdowns oh, first yeah. quarter, and then a massive Chiefs comeback because Patrick Mahomes won't be outdone. Exactly, exactly. He won't be outdone. He. Li- oh man, he what was a third game. quarter. He was already on the sideline, relaxed, laughing, yeah. knowing it's over. This it's was crazy. This was a crazy game. You, everything was going the Texans' way. They were playing well. You have a twenty-four-zero lead. Yeah, and then forty-one unanswered points. Forty-one after that. unanswered. That means got to be in some some NFL records were set this week. Uh, yeah, I was already looking. They said like the biggest comeback in the playoffs, 20, down twenty-one or something, and then they came back from twenty-four. Wow, unbelievable! Wow, look at that offensive firepower though. And my, they were dropping balls. It was it was bad. It was ugly. My uh, my aunts live in uh, Houston, and uh, they were spamming our family WhatsApp group with uh, "Go Texans" uh, <laughs> bragging in that first quarter. Um, and things quickly, quickly changed. My dad was like riding his Peloton bike and <laughs> he like jumps in the WhatsApp group like, Hey, I thought you guys were up 20 on nothing. Yeah. Um, it was a turn of events. Yeah. My friend who's, uh, the Texans fan, he kept saying he knew, he knew he was like, this is a long game. Mm-hmm. It's not even close to over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This doesn't mean anything. And he was right. Yeah. Ultimately. So. Well, the the Chiefs showed what some other teams this week um, and last lacked um, resilience, right? Being resilience, able to bounce exactly. back, right? So if you, well, it's one of the things the Patriots have been so good at, and they did it against the Jaguars in the twenty seventeen um, or the postseason twenty eighteen, is no matter how much you're down, to assess your resources, see what you can do, and and uh, stick to the vision of winning. And right? don't don't lose your head, you know? Yeah. And, and you can't lose it. Like, there was one quarter down. Same with the Ravens, though. Like, they, it seemed like yeah. Lamar, they were just flustered. Like, oh, shit. Like, Do you put it on Lamar or on the whole team or on Harbaugh? Like, who who carries the blame? Because So you're saying the Ravens, essentially, they didn't really... They got outcoached. They kind of collapsed early on, right? Like, it they was sure a game. Did. This is, um, we're watching, you know, the Titans versus Ravens. Uh, honestly, I thought the Ravens were going to kill him. Uh, starting the game, I, I did too. Kill him. I sure did because they come out and and it's just I, I haven't had the opportunity to watch many Ravens games this year. Mm-hmm. It's not usually on the top of my list of things to do. Um, I've seen a few Lamar Jackson highlights here and there, but to just like watching live, they come out and it was the first or second snap. He just snaps the ball and shotgun, pulls a move, takes off. Yep. Right, I'm watching easily as. Uh, energetic and creative a player as Michael Vick easily whose records oh, he definitely. broke this year uh, and I'm like damn man the Titans run is ending tonight right. it's just over right there's no way the Titans even came out and they I can't remember what it was they had like a controversial something something penalty and they got like a kind of a lucky first down and blah blah blah, blah, yeah. blah. and then even that touchdown was on a third down the first touchdown um, the one-hander? The one-hander. John Gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous oh, catch. Man. A great catch. Yeah. Great catch. But even that was like ah, fluky, right? I'm like, yeah. you know, yeah. they got really lucky with that touchdown. Mm. This is going to be the end of their luck. And it, and, and it, it just wasn't. appeared to continue throughout the night. And it kept the Ravens off guard. They're playing from behind. As you said, they're just not good. They're not them. used to it is what it is. And they're a run team. They're run heavy. Big time. And that's the difference between Pat Mahomes and Lamar. 
So I wasn't stressing out as much because I was like, okay, well, the Chiefs are a throwing team, so they're just going to keep throwing the damn ball. But when you have to keep running the ball, you can't pick up chunk yards like that, and then they're gonna, you, you're forced to throw at some point, you know? And Lamar was okay throwing the ball, but, like, it what it's it's not that. It's pretty, a tough yeah. one because you know they. It's so funny. It's ironic during the game, like third quarter, they like the Ravens are really not looking too inspirational, and the announcers are like, and "Lamar Jackson takes a nap." Oh, and by the way, Lamar Jackson clearly the front runner for MVP this year. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was wondering. Like, you know, they, we talk about MVP. You talk about you know Minshew's famous um, snub or whatever for like offensive rookie of the year. Oh, it's bullshit. Insane. We got to talk about that actually. Yeah, winning the, the winning the awards, winning the weekly awards seven times, and no one else won it more than once. Yeah, bullshit. And they're not being nominated. Anyway, um, not bitter about that. Fuck the Titans. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Fuck the Titans. And um, yeah, and so so now you got Lamar Jackson. I'm, I'm wondering mid game. Shit, could he lose MVP voting for this collapse? Of but a game? you can't. No, it's already it's already. Set. Is it? I'm. I don't know when they vote, but I'm. They sh- oh, because if, if they don't, they should make but wait a people second, vote before. Because people people say all the time, oh well, Minshew, a small market, blah blah blah. Oh, Minshew's team didn't make it to the playoffs, therefore he shouldn't be nominated, which is kind of bullshit too, because none of the other had AJ Browns did. Okay, AJ Brown. Brown did. That's about awesome it, season. Yeah, yeah. Brown, yeah he's okay. Yeah, we had better numbers than GJ Chark, right? Who's the second he? year? Yeah, I don't know if he did. did well, he, he? Ex- he exceeded a thousand, so he did. And then his yeah. last six games is when he really started. Really, really off. came on. Yeah. And then when Tannehill came in, it was different. So he did have a good season. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Was it better than DK Metcalf's? You know, they went to the same school. Yeah. You know, so it's interesting. Yeah. And a lot of people slept on Metcalf, and he Metcalf. ended up having a good season and, and the playoffs too, right? So I mean, the, the whole thing is like, okay, we can say we can talk all we want about you know you evaluate the season, but there's there's some other unconscious factors at least some biases that are coming into these votings that i think i think some like whether or not you made the playoffs informs who wins some of these awards right yeah i wonder i don't know so it shouldn't be like that but you were saying that you haven't been a huge lamar jackson fan and this is a very interesting point because um for jaguars fans we famously uh took taven bryan right and i wanted lamar because i was like he's there the same round that lamar was available as a clearly talented player right um and but the, the main doubt is whether or not he would fit into an offense uh, nfl offense we've seen time and again we've seen we've seen rookie quarterbacks come in from these college you know bootleg option oriented offenses they know how to run they're great athletes um they have maybe one successful season in the, in the nfl we've, we've wondered about this yeah. this is the case with, with mahomes and with sean watson and we've seen people like uh, uh rg3 robert griffin the third Tim Tebow, they've, they've come out and they've had mm-hmm. that one flashy season or one or two flashy seasons. Right. Playoff run. They've got that X factor that when, when the shit hits the fan, they can take off and just like run for the first down. Right. All right. But it's not sustainable. That's one of the problems. So Lamar Jackson was like one of these clear quarter, even before he played, before he started a game, the question was, can he be a franchise quarterback? Like, would you draft and then invest in this guy? reshape your offense because of him and in fact he was falling so much in the draft that it just looked like he just wasn't going to be taken and you know i'm walking i was at the draft of my with my dad i was in dallas and you know jaguar selected taven bryan i'm like whoa interesting um uh, <laughs> like looked him up right and then we were walking out of the stadium out of the at&t stadium and and uh, as they're making the final picks and the Ravens selected lamar jackson and i remember this kind of like a little cheer kind of going around people and also laughing people chuckling like wow lamar jackson fell that far so far and the first ra- first 
round of the NFL draft is is the only thing that happens that first day of the draft. Right. So it was like the final closing remark was right. Was the right before you go Jackson home? Yeah. Is taken by by the Ravens. So interesting stuff. It's been good though for them. You know, it's been well. Yeah. So all that to say, it's been effing amazing. Yeah. Right? So they yeah, had, it's been great. They had you know Flacco. Um, it's one of those classic cases. Starting quarterback goes down. Starting veteran, super veteran, right? The Established veteran. Goes established down. veteran. Yeah. Lamar Jackson comes in, provides a great spark to their offense last season, gets them into the playoffs. Um, has a has kind of a kind of crashes against was it the Chargers in the playoffs last year? Chargers. Yep. Um, and then shows a flash trying to come back, which was very interesting. Right. Right. He got them back in that game in the last few drives, and then this year um, just starts off with a bang and keeps it going the whole season. Right. Yep. Oh off. yeah. Just a crazy season. Great season. And then and then you're saying like you you haven't been a huge fan. And then, for for reasons why that may have been proven last night, I don't know. Like they they weren't able to come from behind, and that just showed. Like if you have kind of a one trick pony offense, maybe it's not sustainable. I, What's your take? I don't know if it's if it is sustainable, honestly. Especially when you go down, like I said, when you're playing from behind, you have to have an offense that can push the ball down the field. For one, they don't have receivers. Do you, do you even know who the receivers are? A lot of people don't. Your average fan won't be able to name a receiver on their team. No, they're tight end core. And that would fit in with the exactly. offense well, right? <clears throat> Correct. Yeah, so they have their tight ends, and that's who their leading guys are, yeah. catching the ball. You know, Hurst, Mark Andrews, and um, Nick Boyle. Yeah. They have a three-headed monster. And then the receivers are Willie Sneed, who's jumped around. Yeah. He's been on the Saints, on another team, and I don't remember who. And now he's there. And then Marquise Hollywood-Brown, who's the Oklahoma guy. So Yeah. He had some huge catches last night, though. Yeah, he had that one-hander, huh? Yeah. Oh, man, that was great. It was a pretty nice throw. It was kind of risky, but... Yeah, um, they just couldn't drive the ball down the field. You got to be able to throw it like that. Uh, you know, this read option, this RPO stuff. It's yeah. It's got to be more than that. And you saw that with Pat Mahomes today. Mm-hmm. They were down. He starts slinging that thing, man, yeah. with confidence, you yeah. know? Yep. Yeah. And all game he was slinging it. In the beginning, his guys were dropping balls, but he never lost confidence. He knows who to pick on. He was, he was just amazing. And it just shows you why, why I've been telling a lot of people who are saying Lamar's better than Pat Mahomes. Like, no. No, 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 no. And that was a perfect example these past few days. Yep. So glad to see that actually happen. But still for Lamar, it's a great season. He's still the MVP. Can't take that away from him. But Hope so. he lost in the playoffs, yeah. man. And that's that. Yeah. I like that guy. I mean, I like his demeanor and everything. He's fun to watch. Yeah, he's fun to watch, but... We'll see. We'll see how, we'll how see. long the fun stays. But it's not all his fault either, so can't always put it on him. All right. Um, next up, are we uh, anything else to talk about playoffs wise before we move on to our non-playoff beloved uh, Jaguars? Um, I was going to talk about AB, but I don't even want to talk about him. There's just too much drama, man. Oh, well, that sounds good. Sounds oh. like a good topic. Yeah, you, you were saying earlier he's he only wants to come play with Tom Brady, he's and then to he make wanted it to go back with the Patriots. Wanted to box Logan Paul. You see that? Ooh. But I don't know if it was a joke. They're like being friendly. All this Twitter stuff, man. Twitter's a great app yeah. for sports, for just to scroll through, man. You, yep. you got to look through that shit. Um, I was some college football. So these playoff teams, um, who are the four? Gosh, I can't even think of them. Clemson, LSU, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. Got a bunch of good prospects coming in, which one of them is going to be a Jaguar for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> a lot of mock drafts are showing this Clemson guy. Yeah. I don't even know what his name is now. See, I feel dumb. Uh, Isaiah something, mm-hmm. maybe a Simmons, maybe something like that. He's like a linebacker safety kind of hybrid kind of player. Mm-hmm. 
Oh man, I haven't really got to check him out much, which I can't wait to tomorrow during the national championship. Mm-hmm. But most mocks I've seen is um, Isaiah Jag- Simmons. Isaiah yeah. Simmons. Yeah. The Jaguars will be getting him apparently. You know, I don't okay. know if he'll be playing a linebacker, a safety. I don't know what they plan to do. Sure. Then I've seen a little bit of. Um, you mentioned Ohio State. Ohio State. <sighs> yeah. Jeff Okuda, yep. a corner, yep. and I think he's going to be a really Take good corner in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. Oh man, he's he's incredible. So I'm a huge fan of his. And, you know, of course, the quarterbacks, you know, J- Joey Burrow and then Trevor Lawrence will be next year. But I mean, these, these guys, players. you know, looking at. So we have we have basically a whole weekend plus it's like a four day weekend of football. Right. Yes. So, so playoff games. And today um, we've got the uh, Packers and Seahawks currently seven three. It's on our screen as we record. And then tomorrow's the national championship. Right. Um, yes. And it's going to be a good one. The quarterbacks you just mentioned are playing. You've got the Clemson uh, versus LSU. I'm going to make a bold prediction and say the Tigers are going to win. Oh, man. That's uh, a good prediction. Uh, yeah, they're both Tigers. That makes you, sense. Who are you feeling? LSU. LSU so good, yeah. man. I haven't seen them like slip up at all. Mm. Like, And I don't know how good Joe Burrow is, but that team as a whole, they're good, man. And he, he looks good. Burrow looks good. What if they go so. down by fluke? Do you think they'll have the resilience to come back? Or are we looking at a Lamar Jackson oh, uh, Ravens? No. Good, uh, first of all, they, I don't know if they're going to go down by like more than like seven or something like that, you know. Okay. But it'll be a good game. The Ohio State-Clemson game was just amazing. Mm, so yeah. it was incredible. But LSU just spanked Oklahoma. Mm. Hey, they killed them. They blew them out in the first half. Yep. They scored like seven touchdowns in the first half. Yep. Or like five or some shit. Crazy stuff, though. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to watch because, you know, a lot of those players are going to be going in the early rounds. You know, uh, our friend that we had earlier, mm. the Bengals fan, Dallas, he's already ordering in his Joey Burrow jersey, you know. <laughs> he's ready. For, he's ready for a change at quarterback. So yeah. It's interesting, yeah. Tank for Tua unless Tua tanks. <laughs> yeah, and now Tua's coming out, but yeah. he's not really the talk anymore. Yeah, and you saw Justin weird. Herbert yeah. in the Rose Bowl, the Oregon guy, uh-huh, uh-huh. and he impressed me, yeah. to be honest. I was I was impressed. Yeah, he's ducking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's got the lines over here. So um, I'd like to transition to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, let's talk Jaguars. That's cool. Uh, and I think the way to go about this is that we're in a period where um, it's kind of a dead zone for news about the Jaguars. Um, there's not a ton of podcast publishing or anything right now. Yeah. Like this, this last couple of weeks especially. And those that are talking, and you know, we see some articles here and there, have certain topics that they're going to cover, and they've they've reached like certain conclusions, right? So I want to start. I want to actually address those, but kind of take it one step further. So see where the talk has gone, and I'm going to ask you kind of what what do you think about that, and where can we extend that? Okay. Um, first first topic is the QB, right? So, um, generally speaking, uh, the the word on the street, you know, Jaguars, no one knows what's going to happen with the QB, Foles versus Minshew starting. Um, we, we don't really have the shakeup of the organization that we anticipated. Mm-hmm. Tom Coughlin's gone. Tom Coughlin has been kind of uh, scapegoated as the, the reason for the team falling apart the last two seasons. Right. I, can, I can get behind that. I mean, I can, yeah. I can see why like player morale, like why there were fights last year and why we even, even our lack of discipline in terms of certain, certain things, penalties and player behavior and like the, the London, like not paying the $60,000 oh, bill. <laughs> Barry Church. That was a Barry Church. It's like, if you know what, like I can, that. I can see why you wouldn't, you actually wouldn't respect the disciplinarian, right? If you yeah. feel disrespected like that. Um, okay. So, but all that to say, 
there's not it doesn't look like there's gonna be a huge change up in the Jaguars um, hierarchy and coaching staff and yeah doesn't Dave seem Caldwell, like it. all that kind of stuff so 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 that's no longer an excuse as to like okay we don't know what's gonna happen yeah right? someone was like oh well we don't know that maybe someone comes in they want to draft the best quarterback available or whatever which won't happen not don't. you don't think it's gonna happen all right it could but, well, Mike, drop. so here's here's where I think the conversation has gone it's gone to um hey if Gardner Minshew was uh, a higher pick, like a first-round pick, he'd obviously be starting now. His numbers exactly, are exactly obviously and Kyle, Kyle Murray. Um, and then if Foles wasn't paid so damn much, then he would obviously not be <laughs> the starting quarterback. He'd be a glorified backup. Right. Um, slash, if we had more leeway in the contract, we could have cut or, or uh, effectively traded him. Right. So I want to ask you that, like you know, looking at that um, as kind of like the generally agreed upon reality, uh, those factors in mind. Do you do you think the Jaguars are gonna just kind of like just kind of play things out and then make a, a legitimate QB decision in the preseason? Here's what I would do, as far as quarterbacks go. I think for one, I think Week 17 that did a lot. What wouldn't you say? Because then people got a feel for Minshew again, kind of got this love back for him. Like, hey, maybe he can do this, you know, and. Yeah. People were, I kept hearing he was more comfortable and they let him be more, you know, free because Leonard Fournette wasn't playing. Mm. Did you feel that way too? I didn't think about the no Fournette thing. How do, how do you figure that? Well, they're saying, you know, like you can call pass more. You don't have to force feed Fournette and get him his 20 carries or whatever. Mm. And you could just play more free and open. And then Armstead gives you a different dynamic at running back as well. You know, mm-hmm. a little quicker. Little shake and bake kind of guy instead of you know downhill running. He Minshew looked good, you know, and the throws were different, the deep throws, and they kept alluding to, I don't know on what were what I was listening to. Uh, his he doesn't throw much across the middle, like deep middle, mm. and that he was starting to in that Colts game. He was more you know throwing down the sideline, yeah. which actually makes sense because that's we have been seeing a lot of that. Yeah, and then they're like you know. If he can strengthen his arm, which I don't know the process of strengthening your arm at this age, you know, when you're already developed and yeah. stuff like, how do you strengthen one's arm? And they're like, does Minshew know he doesn't have a weak arm? Like he has a weak arm. So he does, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's just a lot that goes into it. Here's what I would do. Minshew starts, but if you got to fight it out in training camp and stuff, that's how it's got to go. You know, if Foles wants a job, he wants a job, but you can't be afraid to switch. So you're good for a declaring Minshew starter somewhere before camp. Yes. So like after some conversations and just reflecting Minshew's declared starter before the draft, basically, to where we don't freak out and go draft the best quarterback available. What do they say? What does Doug Marone say? What does everyone say? I want the guy who gives us the best chance to win. It's a bullshit statement. Yeah, I know, but... Yeah, that's what he says. But (laughs) that is exactly what he says. If he actually meant it. Yeah, but... Really, though, it is, he's right. And even Minshew said, I think, I don't know if it was before the season yeah. or like during the season, he was like, you know, I'm not a running quarterback, but I understand that I have to be mobile in this league today to be able to play. Yeah. So he added that to his game, which I think is really important. It's great. He's not a scrambler, but yeah. he's doing it because yeah. he has to. And he's pretty damn good at it. So um, I heard a quote recently talking about rookie quarterbacks um, throwing interceptions. Okay. Right. And um, someone said, I don't know if this is one of the games or what, but it was like, uh, you know, if, you, if a rookie quarterback 
doesn't throw a lot of interceptions his first season, you should be more worried than if he threw a lot of interceptions. Because oh, if God. the rookie quarterback is not throwing interceptions, that means the rookie quarterback is not actually playing a full, like, open playbook. Not taking his chances. Not taking chances. Okay. Lists, right? And I thought about that a lot because one of, one of our claims to fame with Gardner Minshew, he was interviewed famously <laughs> after that game, and they said, hey, are you aware that your stats are kind of on par or maybe better with Kyler Murray of the Cardinals and Daniel Jones of the Giants? And Minshew said, better. Yeah. Right. Oh, I Better. love that. Oh, yeah. I loved it. And like, even if they're like, like forty-five yards difference or something, right? His touchdown to um, interception ratio, which is, I, I think it's one of the main ways to compare and assess quarterback performance. I think it's right? so super important. It's twenty-one to six. Yeah. Insane. And that's 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 Mark Brunell default numbers. Right. At like mid mid career, right? But default, yeah. default. He might yeah. be better some years. Yeah, yeah. He might be slightly worse, but that's default. And that's only in twelve starts or something, right? So I don't know. So I, I I look at that as you know what? Like I don't I don't have any when I hear that I don't have any misgivings about Minshew. I don't think that he wasn't a risk taking quarterback at all. I thought he took some risks. Oh, a lot. I thought he did. Yeah. I think especially with Chark, he would throw fifty fifty balls, throw a lot of back shoulders. I thought he would he would take his chances. Yeah. I would like to see them, you know, spread it out, try to take more shots in the middle. Maybe that's another reason though. You know, they talk about how he doesn't take those deep middle shots across, you know, in the middle of the field. And yeah. that's where a lot of balls will get intercepted, you know. Do you, we'll so do you agree then that like had Gardner been a higher pick and probably a first round pick, that he would be the obvious Absolutely. Starter? Absolutely. Mm. It's stupid, isn't it, though? Mm. Oh, 100%. Mm. Because that's the same case with Kyler Murray. They're not going to fucking sit him. Daniel Jones, they're not going to be like, okay, hey, Eli, here's your job back, man. Yeah, it's true. And then the interception shit, that's bullshit. I mean, I'm not going to frown upon you. like. But here's the thing. If Minshew were to throw a bunch of picks this year, he's out, right? Yeah, it's true. One of his things was taking care of the ball, and that's why they wanted him in the game, too. So. I don't think he'd be in. On the flip side, because of Nick Foles' salary, because you know we'd had all this dead money if we got rid of him, uh, and the idea that out there that still Nick Foles was not given a fair shot mm. this year. He got injured on like the tenth offensive play of the of the season. Right on that, you know, dime pass. <laughs> Had we not played him again, we could have traded him off probably. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> and he comes in. He probably still has. I mean, come on. You've gone through the trauma of a broken collarbone. You've also gone through the mental stress of not being just straight up not being the starter for a job that you're being paid a lot of money for. Having a rookie quarterback who's a great guy come in and, and do really really well. And then the pressure or the expectation that, okay, you're the classic season saver, <laughs> Nick Foles. Right. You should be able to lead this team to the playoffs. And then, and then failing to do that in about two and a half games, right? Not, not, like, not through like seven games. But right. Like, in, in a really bad way, right? I mean, it was, it was pretty disastrous. It was definitely Bortles 2.0 in a lot of ways. It was bad. It was yeah. ugly. Do you, do, you, do you see the argument as valid that the position at the moment is actually Nick Foles' job to lose? No. Because the mobility thing, though. I think that's the only reason. Well, if that's the case, why did the Jaguars even sign him? If mobility is like a reality of this league. I, yeah, but I think it's been brought more to light now because of Lamar, though. Well, and, and Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun and Watson. Mahomes. But we knew that last season. Yeah, we, we did. See that we did. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But it's more of the mobility to throw. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can scramble to throw, give your receivers a little extra time. It's huge. It's, it's giant. And... 
especially when you have a struggling offensive line, you can't have someone who's not mobile. Like Tom Brady can do it because he stands behind these offensive lines that are just beautiful. Mm. You know, he can hang in there. But you could tell with Foles, like he is not trying to scramble. Yep. There was a play, I saw another video of it the other day. I don't know if you remember, where he's scrambling. We were down by a lot. And he just like stumbles and trips on his own self, basically. And it's <laughs> like, yeah, that's the Jaguar season. You need, you need a mobile quarterback these days. You don't have to be mobile to run, yeah. just to create a few extra seconds. Keep it alive. Yeah, keep the play alive. All so right. Let's flip, flip the conversation now to the Jaguars' defense. Um, and oh. our, our specific point of focus here will be uh, Yannick Ngakwe. So whether or not the Jaguars will sign Yannick um, in, or, or franchise tag, I think is still an option. Yeah. And, um, and, then Josh, and then Josh Allen kind of factoring into that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, again, this is another topic that people have, have talked about a lot. They've somewhat exhausted the different ways you can take this conversation. So let's, let's summarize that <laughs> to the best of our abilities and then kind of add our own extension or take on it. Okay. Um, from what I've understood, um, Yannick is asking for a lot of money. <laughs> and, and that the Jaguars have a very convincing argument to let Yannick go, even though this breaks my heart. It's the only Jaguars jersey I currently own. Uh, I don't have no idea where my Jimmy Smith and Fred Taylor jerseys have disappeared to. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so that, that Ngakwe would go because he's too much of an asking price. And we already have Yannick Ngakwe in Josh Allen, right? Like if you look at their their build, their, yeah. uh, their edge rushers, their versatility, the freaking side of the of the line they rush yeah. from like undersized the, yeah. undersized guys mm-hmm. they can they can drop back in coverage like they're you know they're quick agile dudes uh yanny kangakwe i i think his calling card i think his main thing is he, he forces fumbles right it's at, huge at a, and i think it's, a, it's a game changer and josh a allen game he had four this year josh allen had two so okay maybe we've got another yanny kangakwe and josh allen then I'm like, you know, wait a second, wait a second. Because another argument, um, this is, you know, on the Jaguars happy hour with Baselli and yeah, uh, the boys, Jimmy Shadrach yeah. and all these, all these guys, is, uh, is well, what, what, what if we switch to a 3-4 defense and that way we can play both at the same time? Otherwise, they don't really come in together unless it's like third down. I'm like, is, is it really that, like, uh, does it really prevent, is it prevent both being on the field to have both on the roster. You know what I'm saying? Like, is there really no way that we can have both of those players and working together in a way that they don't cancel each other out? I, I didn't feel that like they did at all this year. I think they were still like our, our sack leaders and our most yeah. explosive players on defense. So why, why, why do, why, why is this argument out there that like, okay, to keep Yannick inevitably like stints Josh Allen and waste a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and, but you know what I was thinking? I was like, why wouldn't they think about that ahead of time? Because, you know, when Josh Allen was available, they're like, okay, well, best available. We have to draft him. But yeah. when they think about, oh, yeah, we have Jan. We've got Yannick, yeah. And yeah. we know yeah, let's get that fucking Metcalf. we have to yeah. pay him. Exactly. We, yeah. There's a lot of other options. Yeah. We either have to pay him or, you know, he's going to walk. You know, there's So they should have known about all this, for one. Sure. But, like, how great would it be, like, you know, both of those guys on the field? So you don't see time? it as, like, a like a preclusive thing like that. The, that to have Yannick prevents Josh Allen from becoming the player he will become, or that no, Yannick is a waste of money in that no. sense. No, I I would personally like to keep them both. Okay, and I don't see the big deal in doing. You have to keep Yann right now. Well, I do know. We, do we do so at the cost of cutting Darius and Clayus Campbell? Yes, okay. because Clayus is getting older now. 
he did what he had to do here. Mm-hmm. He was, I mean, he was great. And I know he was, you know, a great leader for, for those young guys in there too. But it's time to let Tave and Brian step in there. You drafted him for a reason, yeah? Uh, so you had to let... <laughs> I don't know. We're going to hear from Tave and Brian. I, I know, but you have to let him play like a lot of snaps for one season, right? At least, at least. Because if you draft someone in the first round, right? Yeah. You got to let him play. You got to let him ride it out. Free agency comes around. There has to be major changes to the defense. But those two are going to be huge they're gonna be huge i guess the only poetic thing is that Calais recovered a fumble for a touchdown this last game <laughs> and that would be a very nice send-off at home right people are going crazy <laughs> yeah it's a great send-off and you know i think you have to keep you on and uh josh on but like our concerns are not on the defensive line that's the main yeah, issue true. you know what i'm Good saying yeah. it's linebackers it's everyone behind them mm-hmm. literally everyone Right, yeah. linebackers are a huge problem. It's and crushing. Secondary, even, even watch the Ravens who lost last night. The announcers saying, "Look at their like you know historic secondary, like, yeah, very powerful." <laughs> you know, Jimmy Smith, and Jimmy Smith, Peters and Marlon Humphreys, yeah. and yeah, and and just reflecting on how recently that would have that would have been said about the Jaguar secondary. It's crazy, isn't it's it? Vanished is vanished completely vanished because yeah. half of them are gone and then boy oh man yeah. he does not look like a number one corner i mean trey, trey herndon led our team with interception herndon, three, which which is decent i'm right? a believer yeah i think, think if starting we, next year i would not be disappointed if we, yes i do if we draft corner there's a chance chance boy is not coming back mm-hmm, next year mm-hmm. contract and i would be okay with that reflecting on the season as a whole i was going to ask you for a season recap <laughs> um, what's your story? How would you summarize this whole season? We joked about it, like after when was it? Like uh, at some point when we were four and six, yeah. four and seven, that season's over. You know, there's no point to really be talking playoffs or anything. Uh, and that you know, we already had a main story then, right? We had Nick Foles goes down, Minshew comes in, surprises everybody, gives us a nice little energy. At the end of the day, though, the team has been overall declining, and there's not much to talk about. Right? Is there anything you'd add to that? Like, how do you look at the season? How what was the story that you would paint? It's just eh. It's just a bunch of drama. There's, it seemed like more off the field drama. There's more fun and you know better listens outside of mm-hmm. football than there was to talk about on the football field. Mm-hmm. You know, from Jalen to even Jan, you know, off the field mm-hmm. to all the coaching crap to Tom Coughlin mm-hmm. to Fournette. Um, you know, one of the stories I think is huge is uh, what we've talked about mm-hmm. is Leonard Fournette, mm-hmm. his leadership, man. It was amazing to see. We know he's great. Mm-hmm. But also, at the same time, I think Rock Armstead is a good piece. And I think, yeah. like a lot of teams are doing, they're using multiple running backs for different reasons. Yeah. I think the Jaguars need to do that, yeah. you know. And There's talk of them signing Derrick Henry. Oh, he's a free agent, huh? <laughs> Two power Come runners. home. Come back to North Florida. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, overall, it's just... That's all I could say is eh, but the drama was fun. And it was cool to see Minshew, but it was, uh, this was a roller coaster. Like no other year that I can remember, you know? like For me, this season marked a shift from the Jaguars. I call it historic defense, 2017. Yeah. To uh, this kind of like gray territory last year. We didn't really know where the team was going. We, we were all hung over from 2017. Mm-hmm expecting greatness a piece away from the super bowl got to be four minutes better right this kind of stuff which didn't really pan out um but no, for all. me this season represented a dramatic shift in offensive performance i understand that we had that like was a five game losing streak in the middle of the season that was, that was right horrendous 
with like zero offense. I gotcha. However, um, we showed the potential for offensive explosion mm-hmm. that we haven't seen um, at least since the Bortles, Hearns, Robinson, Lee yeah. era, whatever, like that season where everybody had like one over a thousand yards. And getting garbage yards. That was garbage, time. Yeah, garbage, garbage time. yards. I mean, Not we as had meaningful. Some, we won some games this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, my, so then at the same time that we had the offensive improvement, we had a clear decline in defense. And clear. And there was a loss of personnel mixed with a loss of morale. And then um, whatever freaking conspiracy that explains Todd Wash's presence on <laughs> This is the worst defense in the NFL this year, my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Not. Bold. I mean, That's not bold. not in from start to stop, but after week six, really, I was like, yeah, this defense is really bad, and the secondary was just really it's horrendous. And that, safeties and linebackers, I think that's that's huge, and even a corner. But man, what a year, huh? Yeah, you know, and I've got I've actually got someone who's uh, reflected on this year um, <laughs> and wanted to share it with us. So we have another installation of uh, Taven's Diary. Last of the year. Taven's Diary. So if you're ready. I'm ready. I'm going to channel my inner Brian. Dear Diary. Man, what a season. Tackle after tackle after tackle after tackle. I remember all four of them. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It was 18. God, I love how people are just waiting to make fun of my stats. But I don't care about what people say about me. F- haters. No, really, I, I learned a lot this year. I learned how to cause fumbles with my foot, for example. I also learned how to ignore the hate. Just go out there and give it 110%. You know what I mean? I can let you on how to do it. First, just get off Twitter. Forget those annoying trolls. God, all the they say about me. I can't believe it. Why are they blaming me for being picked in the first round? It's not my fault, damn it. annoying. God. Anyway, getting off Twitter is an important first step. But you know what? All these people saying the Jaguars could have had Lamar Jackson instead of me. Oh, yeah. What did he ever do? Huh? MVP my ass. Can't even beat the Titans. I beat the Titans. <laughs> I even got a sack on them. How many sacks did Lamar get? Zero. Got trolls. Annoying. Until next season. Taven. Wow. I felt Taven's energy there. He's going through it. a lot. Yeah. yeah. That was uh, a, lot, a lot of... He took Blake Bortles' advice. Get off of Twitter. Just get I off like of Twitter. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Um, I don't know. Oh, we should check uh, handle availability for Taven Bryan facts. Oh. Yeah. Who, who's going to follow that? Yeah. Hey, this would be a great time. What if he has a crazy season next year? Yeah, it would be break. Nice. It, it was a nice. breakout season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he could. I mean, he showed a little bit of promise, right? The keyword, a little bit. Yeah, key two words. I know. <laughs> Speaking of Twitter, um, we are very happy to announce. It's taken us a while, but that we have started a Drunken Jaguar podcast Twitter account. So we encourage our listeners to go out and follow. It's going to be a good place to stay up to date with the episodes. Um, we want to, we're looking forward to next year and 
um, keeping this on as a regular thing. It's very important to us that to stay consistent, stay out there. It hurts whenever we see our fellow uh, brethren and sistren uh, uh, fizz, fizzle out and, <laughs> and stop stop <laughs> yeah. issuing podcasts when the season goes to shit. Um, but we we uh, we commit to being out there, and we're currently at. We might change the handle. Which is, this is fresh, very new, but we're at the uh, at uh, Junkin Dragwar. <laughs> very nice. You like that? And um, you could also follow us personally on Twitter. Uh, we'll put our Twitter names and and this one in the description of the podcast. And well, um, how about some off season plans? So if you want to come listen in the off season, we will be back. We'll be around. Yeah, we'll be around. Uh, thinking maybe April. Yeah, yeah. When we draft time, when we finish skiing up here in uh, Colorado. Yeah, when, when ski season's over. I'm not a skier. He's, uh, he's just saying stuff. <laughs> but what are some things in the off season as Jaguars fans we can look forward to? Um, definitely, definitely draft time or before the draft, during, after. Uh, free agency is definitely huge. You know, and then when training camp start, if you hear any big Jaguars news, you know we're gonna try to be on top of it. Another thing, if you're ever, if there's any Jaguar fans ever in Denver, hit us up. We'll hang out. We'll talk. We'll have a beer, right? For sure. That's exactly how we met. That's so, literally how we met. It's like usually like if someone hits you up on Twitter and you don't know them, like, hey, I don't know if I... Yeah. It might be in a case to ignore. I mean, you never know like, <laughs> where it's going to lead to. But if you're a Jaguars fan and another Jaguars fan hits you up, pretty much a guarantee. It's, it's a guarantee. So strike, we'll accept striking you. a new friendship. Except that story you had when you um, ran into a Jaguars fan. Oh, God. In London? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, dude. It's only my favorite team. (laughs) Bro, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bother you. (laughs) But yeah, seriously, if there's ever a Jaguars fan in Denver, even somewhere in Colorado, meet up with us. We'll talk Jaguars. If you're here next season, want to go watch a game together, not a Broncos game, but just a Jaguars game on TV, let's do it. If you're anywhere between Durango, Pueblo... Steamboat and the Wyoming border, let us know. <laughs>